So uh, Rex is not here today, and um, I have a little fun with Rex. I don't, I, I don't know if uh, I should or not. And maybe I should have a little, be a little nicer to our senior pastor. But um, Rex is not here today, and so I've, I've we, we kind of have this thing about me being the JV guy, and it kind of it annoys Rex a little bit when I say it. So I say it to annoy Rex a little bit. Um, I love him. He's a great guy. Um, but now we've hired Nick, so now I'm not sure. I think now I'm like freshman or maybe maybe junior high. I don't know. I don't want to go down to elementary yet because then if we hire somebody else, then I don't know where I go from there. Um, maybe preschool. But um, but Rex Stump, if you're new with us, Rex Stump is our is our normal pastor. He's our senior pastor, and he usually is the one that preaches, um, and he does a fantastic job. Um, so if what you hear today or what you do the experience that you have today with the message if it's not really what you like maybe come back next week and give him a chance because uh he's he's not me and so uh, oftentimes we're glad of that um <clears throat> but we're going to talk about we're going to talk about something today what everybody knows what today is right it's new year's eve right some are, some, for some, it's football. For some, it's nap day. But, but it's New Year's Eve, and tomorrow we're going we're gonna to start a new year. And so I thought, what, more, what better topic for us to talk about today than old versus new? So we're going to do a little exercise because you've got to get your blood flowing, right? We don't, I don't want anybody sleeping. It hurts my heart when you fall asleep while I'm preaching. So we're going to try and keep your blood flowing, keep you awake. But, so we're going to start with this. How many of you prefer old? Wow! There's like four. How many of you prefer new? That's like six. So some of you know, some of you haven't learned how to raise your hand yet. So if you're sitting beside someone that doesn't know how to raise their hand, please help them learn that, learn the difference. All right. All right. So let's test this theory. All right. Everybody that said they like old, and everybody that said that you've already said you liked old or you like new. So let's test the theory. Right. How many of you prefer the pair of shoes that you're wearing right now or would rather have a new pair of shoes? How many hands are going to go up? My new, where are my new people, right? There's a few. Why don't you want new shoes? Because they're uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And they cost money. <laughs> but how many of you, so let's try another one because you guys, are, you guys are starting to wake up a little bit. So let's try another one. How many of you like the... The car that you're driving now, how many of you are good with the car that you're driving now? How many of you want a new car? <laughs> yeah. See, there's some of y'all not understand what honesty is. <laughs> the end of February, beginning of March, I think I'm preaching, so we may have a sermon series on honesty toward that time. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes the rest of the day. But when you think about old and new, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can look at old and new. And, and sometimes there are some things that we prefer old, and there are some things that we prefer new. There's a passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 5. Jesus talks to us, and he says this. He tells a story, and he says, No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. 
But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. So Jesus sets up for us old versus new. And what he, what he kind of tells us is the old doesn't necessarily go very well with the new. Now, he uses a couple illustrations here. And so we don't really talk much about garments and we don't really talk much about wineskins. But basically what he says is no one's going to take a new pair of jeans and cut a piece out of that new pair of jeans and put it on an old pair of jeans, right? Because you're going to have ruined them both. Now, in today's society, if you've seen teenagers wear clothes, that it, the, the first one might get cooler because you've cut a hole out of it. I don't, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure where that came in to be, but that, that might be cooler because now it's got a hole in it. But, but the message is this. If you take new cloth out of something, out of, out of your sweater or out of your shirt, imagine if I have this big hole cut in my shirt today. Most of you are going to say, hey, hey, dude, you, you got a hole in there. I'm not sure if you know that or not. So we don't, take a, we don't cut something out of new and put it on old. There's a couple of reasons because now the new shirt is ruined, right? Now I can't wear it. But when I put that and try and patch a new shirt, an old shirt with a new thing, when I wash that, what happens to fabric that hasn't been washed? It shrinks. So then when it shrinks, then it pulls away. And now the old one that I thought I fixed with the new, it's no good. And the new one that I took apart for... So basically what I've done is I've destroyed my wardrobe, is what Jesus says. Because now I don't have... Any good clothes, because I ruined them, trying to fix the old clothes, and the old clothes didn't work anyway, so, uh, so I'm stuck. And then he says the same thing about wineskins. Now, I, I don't know how many, anybody have wineskins at home? I don't think too many people keep wine and skins anymore. Um, probably got some bottles, maybe you got a Franzia box or something, I don't know. But we don't talk too much about wineskins, but basically the same thing is true. What they would do is they would take new wine, and they would put it into a new wineskin. And skin is what it is. It's leather, and it would hold the wine. And then as the wine aged, and the skin that it was in, the, the bottle that it was in made out of skin, they would age together, and so that it would be okay. It's all good. But if you took new wine and put it into one that had already stretched out and was all old, then it would make a mess. So what Jesus says is, you, you want to get rid of the old stuff so that the new stuff can work. All right? We've used the old stuff. It did a good job. We enjoyed those clothes while they were here, but now they're torn, rattered, and gone, so now we've got some new clothes, right? And it's just after Christmas. Some of you got some new clothes for Christmas. Some of you kids, I'm, ex- I'm sure, were excited when you got socks for Christmas. Um, so you've got new clothes now. Why is it so important for us to talk about old versus new? We're going to go through a different passage, and what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to go through a passage of Scripture twice. Actually, three times. Um, so some of you inside are like, oh, my goodness, we're going to be here till forever today. We'll, we'll try and do it quickly. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is where we're going to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 7 through 18. We're going to read all the way through this. Then we're going to talk. We're going to go back and we're going to kind of tear it apart a couple different ways. So 2 Corinthians is written by the Apostle Paul. We've talked about him before. He's written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth. Now, if, you haven't, if you're not a student of church history, 
you, you don't know that the Corinthian church really was a mess. They, there, was all, there was all kinds of stuff going on. And sometimes if you want to have some fun, read about read First and Second Corinthians and see all of the things that were going on inside the church that Paul had to try and address with them and try and fix. So, so they, they were the land of the misfit toys, which really is okay because we're all misfit toys, right? We're, a, we're all broken in some way or another. So he says this in chapter 3, beginning verse 7. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which, how much, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' written writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they don't understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. We could spend a long time talking about this passage. So we're going to try and go through it. Hopefully not too long. If you have a roast in the oven, hopefully it won't burn by the time we get you out of here and get you home. Um, but we're going to go through. We're going to go through this, and hopefully we'll see some things um, that are helpful. So first of all, we're going to talk about the old because we like to talk about old and new, right? How many of you have spent any time in the last month or so thinking about 2023 and reviewing what happened in 2023? Right? See, we're still working on it. There's only like 10 of you now. We're, we're four, six, 10. We're, so we're making progress. By the end, we'll have you all ready to go. All right? <clears throat> but you, we've spent time thinking about 2023. Why? Because some of us are hoping that 2024 matches 2023 because some of us had great years in 2023. Right? And some of us are hoping that 2024 is a bit different than 2023 because maybe 2023 didn't seem like it was all that great. Wherever it is, we spend time thinking about the old and the new. I want you to understand, as we talk about this today, what, what Paul is writing about is very specifically the old way. When we talk about the old, we're talking about the old way of being right with God. Okay? Now my relationship with God matters, right? This means yes, this means no. My relationship with God matters, right? Being right with him matters. Okay, so the old way that we're going to talk about is going to be, that's going to be the old way to, to relate to God, to be right with God. When we talk about the new way, that's going to be the new way that we become right with God. So 
these, these things get messed up. We read that passage from Luke. I've actually, heard that, I've actually heard that passage used by pastors back in the 90s. Some of you were in church uh, in the 90s. Some of you weren't alive in the 90s. Um, some of us were doing other things in the 90s. Um, but in the 90s, we went through something sometimes termed like the worship wars. It, different people have called them different things. But, but that was the transition period from when we went from singing all hymns and every church service was all hymns and we sang seven or eight verses of someone snoring, Lord, and to the time when we went to praise and worship choruses. And so there was this big, there was this, it, there was this big divide between people in churches. If you were in church, if you were in churches, that it was it was it was an interesting time because churches were using transparencies and putting screens up in the front of the church, and people were leaving the church because they got transparencies. And then PowerPoint showed up, and nobody knew how to use PowerPoint, but they thought it was cool. And so we had all of this stuff, all this stuff going on um, in the '90s. And, and I actually have heard that passage in Luke preached by pastors who would say the old. People that wanted the hymns, you can't give them new hymns. You can't get, they're, they're never going to understand praise and worship because they're the old wineskins. Now, I, I am not saying that. I think that was, I think that was wrong. I, did, I, I don't think I preached that. It's been a while. It's been, it's been the 90s, so it's been 30 years. So maybe I did, but I don't think I did. But I, I didn't really agree with that. And some churches even did this. They, they would do, and so, well, I guess there's some that still do it. But they said, okay, we're going to have a traditional church service, and we're going to sing all hymns at the traditional service. And then we're going to have a, we're going to have a, contemporary service and we're going to sing all worship choruses at the contemporary service so you have the old I don't want to say the old people but you have the people singing the old songs in one service and the people singing the new songs all in another service and it got really it was like messy right because it it just didn't seem right Paul is not talking about old versus new worship He's not talking about old car versus new car. He's not talking about old clothes versus new clothes. He's talking about the old way of relating to God. The old way of being right with the almighty creator. So as we go through this chapter in in 2 Corinthians, as we go through this, that's what I want you to understand. Okay, everybody with me? All right, good. So let's look at this. Let's tear this apart a little bit. The old way with laws etched in stone led to... Death. Good. Glad you guys can read. There's two of you that can read out here. The old way, which was etched in stone, led to death. So when we talk about being etched in stone, what are we talking? What what way of being right with God are we talking about? Starts with the rhymes with Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, good. You guys are so good. We're so, I'm so happy you're here today, right? So when Moses went up onto Mount Sinai, God gave him the Ten Commandments. That's what we're talking about. He came down with the law. Now, I understand America's trying to get rid of them. They don't really matter to us. So I understand that's kind of complicated. It's kind of confusing. But we have the Ten Commandments. And so when Moses goes up on the mountain, he comes back with the laws. So the old way was strictly set by the law. God said, this is how you have a right relationship with me. Follow all of these rules. Here's 10 of them. Follow them. If you don't follow them, you're out of relationship with me. You are not right with me. Okay? So, now, let's talk about this. All of us have been children, right? Anybody in here been a child before? Yeah, see? So, all of us have been children. 
And all of us have grown up in homes. And hopefully in those homes, there have been some, there's been some sort of regulation, right? Hopefully your parents, now I know as children we would like that, but hopefully, we, hopefully your parents didn't just say, all right, kid, go figure it out. Right? There's, there's times you're supposed to be home. There's clothes you're supposed to wear, clothes you shouldn't, you shouldn't wear. There's music you should listen to, music you probably shouldn't listen to. Times you should eat real food. Times you should be allowed to eat some junk food, those kind of things. So, so there's regulations, right? That, that's, what, that's what comes with being a child. And that's what came with the law. When Moses brought the law down, it gave very strict boundaries on how you become right with God. Ten of them, Right? Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness, what does it say, was already fading away. So Moses goes up, he gets these laws, his face shines because he's in the presence of the Lord. So if you're in the presence of the Lord and you break things, you hope they get fixed quickly. Um, Dan, you might have to help me out. Uh, But so... We go through, Moses goes up on the mountain. He gets the Ten Commandments. He comes back down. When you're in the presence of the Lord, you take on the brightness, the glory of the Lord, right? So Moses has this bright face. It's so bright that what does he do when he comes down the mountain? Covers it, right? But what does he say further in here? The glory began to fade as he walked down. Thank you very much. I'm very grateful. As he came down the mountain, the glory that he received from being in the presence of God, what happened to it? It began fading. As soon as he, as soon as he left the presence of God, it started to leave. So there's, there's this glory. So those of us that look at things that might be older and think, man, they're almost, that's almost useless, the, the old covenant was set up for a reason. It actually was God's plan to show us what the rules really look like, what, the way we really should live. If we're really going to earn our way to be with God, it's, these are the laws. All right? So it, came, it, was, it was very glorious. The, the, Moses came down with the glory of the Lord. It was so bright he covered his face. But it was beginning to fade because it couldn't last forever. So then he says this, in the old way, which brings condemnation. What's the old way? The law. So the law brought, the, brought death, and now we see that it also brings condemnation. Everybody understand the difference in death and condemnation? We're all going to be dead someday. We're, our body is all going to die someday. Hopefully not all of us are going to be condemned. Right? Because condemned means we're no longer with God. We have no connection to God. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the law, all the law brought was condemnation. So going back to us being children, how many of you, as you were a child growing up in your, in your, under your parents' thumb, you might say, felt like there was no hope for life as long as you were with your parents? Anyone? It's okay. It's a safe space. You can raise your hand, right? You feel it's like, it's, it's like stifling because uh, 
It's the, it was the same way with the law. When God gave the law through Moses to the people, they were like, there's no way we can do all of these things. And they tried so hard. They, they even got to the point where they were trying to specify, okay, I know I'm supposed to honor God on the Sabbath day, but what does that mean? Well, let's see. If you do this much work, you're violating the commandment. But if you do this much work, you're still not violating. So they tried to, they, it was just overwhelming to them. They had no hope. There was nothing to look forward to because they realized they couldn't live up to those standards. There was no way to satisfy what God wanted. That's the old way. It wasn't glorious at all compared to the new way. So if the old way, now what happened to the old way? This is the good news. The old way was what? Replaced. It's a different way to do it. This, this following the law is not the only way to be right with God. There's a different way. But that had to go away. The old had to go away. Right? We talked about old clothes, new clothes. You got to get rid of the old. You don't take some new stuff and put it on the old stuff. Let the old go. Bring in some new. Okay? So we go on for a little while. We go, we've read through this. We're not like Moses. Put a veil over his face. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds. So what, is, what does Paul say? He's saying this. He's saying those of us that like the old way, we're not allowed to see. We can't see because there's a veil over our face. We, we don't get to see the goodness. We don't get to see this new way. We're stuck in the old way. And the old way is the law. The old way is struggling to do what we can't do. It's, it's struggling to earn our salvation in a way that we just can't do. So we've got to move on to something else. So then he says this. How does the veil get removed? Only by believing in Jesus Christ. There's only one way to get rid of that veil that covers that, that keeps you from seeing a new way of being right with God. And that's belief in Jesus Christ. It's the only way that, that's, that you move, the only way you move from living by the law to living by the Spirit we're going to talk about in a minute, the only way that happens is, is if you believe in Jesus. Now, and I mean believe, actually believe in Him. I don't mean that you say that you believe in him, I mean that you actually believe in him, and I don't know whether you do or not. That's between you and the Lord, right? I, as a leader in your church, I don't know, I can't tell whether you actually believe in Jesus or not. That's between you and God. But the only way, the only way you're going to get through this is if you actually believe in him. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. You can only receive the new way by believing in Jesus. And because of that, they don't understand. Any, anybody ever taken a class, you didn't understand what's going on? You're just like, man, this is a <laughs> to, to be a preaching major, to get my preaching degree, I was supposed to pass Greek. I made it through three out of four semesters, and number four, I was out. So it's all still Greek to me. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I was like lost. I'm not, I wasn't nearly smart enough to try and keep up with Greek. So now I just read a book, and they say the Greek word means this. So, that's what, so when I, if I ever share that in a passage, it's not because I know it. It's because I found some commentary that would tell me what it said. <laughs> so I'm just, I call them how I see them. You know what I'm saying? But there are people out there that can't understand. If, you ever, if you've ever tried to share the gospel with someone whose mind is veiled, it's very frustrating, isn't it? 
It's very understandable to you because you understand Jesus Christ and you understand that he loves you. But they don't. And they're not allowed to because the veil is covering them. So we have to understand that they they don't get it. When you're talking to someone, you're sharing the gospel with people and they just don't seem to be getting it. You're like... Man, are you, are you stupid or are you just dumb? I don't, I don't know what your problem is. You, you should be able to figure this out. It's not that hard. Jesus loves you. That, oh, you're good. And they just look at you like with this, de- with this dead stare. It's because their mind is covered. So the old really isn't all that cool, is it, in this scenario? I, I don't really want to live under the old way. I kind of like the new way. So we've got the current new way. We're going to go back through this passage. If you want to groan, go ahead and go groan right now, and then we'll get through it. But we're going to go back through this passage, and I want you to see what Paul says about the new way. The old way with the laws, that's in stone. Look at this. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? So remember, Moses goes up on the mountain. He gets the glory of the Lord. But the glory of the Lord from the mountain with the Ten Commandments fades away, goes away. And Paul says, isn't there much greater glory than what Moses brought down? Now imagine, let's let's be real about this. Imagine Moses is in the presence of God, so close in the presence of God that that the, the glory of the Lord actually overtakes him. And like, overtakes his body. And so he comes down, not kind of like the glory of the Lord, actually with the glory of the Lord showing off of him. I would say that's pretty close, right? That's, that's being pretty close. And, and that's pretty cool. And that's pretty glorious. Paul says, how much more glorious is the fact that we have this new way? Now, what is the new way of being right with God? How did we, what do we have to do to get from the old to the new? We had to believe in Jesus, right? We had to believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus did die on the cross, that Jesus was laid, he was actually dead for three days, and that he actually came back to life. We have to, we have to believe that to get to the new way. That's what gets us to the new way. And now that we're living in the new way, now it's much more glorious because now we have the presence of God everywhere, right? When Jesus died on the cross, something happened to a curtain. Anybody remember what happened to the curtain? It was torn, right? The holy of holies, the most holy place that, that housed the presence of the Lord, it was ripped open so that the glory of the Lord could be let out and free to be all over. So we actually live in the glory of the Lord now. How much more glorious is that, is what Paul says. He says, how much more glory comes with the fact that we have God welcome and open to us anytime we want him? What did we talk about the law gave? What did the law bring? Death and condemnation, but the Holy Spirit in the new way brings life. This is an easy one. How many of you like life versus death? Yeah. yeah. See, you guys are getting it. The Spirit brings life when I accept you, when I believe in Jesus, when I say that and I live like I believe in Jesus, I'm given life. Paul says, the Spirit brings life to you. And all of that death and condemnation stuff is washed, is taken away. It's like taken off the table. Now death no longer happens. Now we just have life. How much more glory? See, I, I love it when Paul says, he does this a lot. How much better is this new way? He says that over and over. And I think if we, some of us as Christians, could keep that in our mind, and we could just bring it out, everyone's like, how much better is it that I have Jesus in my life? Right? Think about your life without Jesus versus your life with Jesus. Which one's better? 
It's much better with Jesus, right? How much better? That's what Paul keeps saying. Because he makes us right with God. This, he makes us right. This is how we become right with God. No longer do we have to follow the laws. We get to just live in the glory of Jesus because Jesus did it on the cross. He did the work, and he gives us the spirit to make it happen. Again, he mentions overwhelming glory. Look at this in the end of verse 11. How much more glorious is the new which remains forever? How long is forever? Uh, it's forever. Oh, good. It's difficult for our minds to understand, right? But once we, ex- once we have that glory, it doesn't leave. It doesn't go away. It doesn't, it doesn't take a break. It doesn't say, well, man, I've, 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 been with, I've been with Brian for like three or four weeks now. He's wore me out. i got to take a break. So there's no glory for a little bit, Brian. Wait, It doesn't work that way. The, the glory remains forever. And this is what I love about this passage. Paul is, all, Paul is all about this stuff. He says, since this new way gives us what? Gives us much confidence. We can be bold. Not only bold. We can be very bold. Very bold. You know, we as Christians, sometimes I think people see us as Christians as, watch a TV show that has a Christian on it, right? A mainstream TV. Ever watch a mainstream TV sitcom or something that has a Christian? One of the, one of the characters is a Christian. They're annoying, right? They're, they're usually some, they're either some thumping, way out of control, don't really understand Jesus type of person, or they're some mealy mouth, little wimpy, oh, yes, I love Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> Paul says, we can be very bold. We have, church, we have the glory of God in our presence. Our life is now set in God the Father. We're now consumed by the Almighty Creator. He's taken us and He said, This is my child. This person right here. Now, if you're going to be on a team, isn't that a good team? To, if you know we've already won, right? Paul says we can be very bold. Because we're living in the new now. We don't live under the law. I don't have to worry about whether or not I am actually following every law that God gave me. Because I can tell you, you know what the answer is? I'm not. If you're looking at me to be perfect, I'm not. If you're looking at you to be perfect, you're not. Sorry to break it to you, some of you, but you're not perfect, right? We all need Jesus. He loves us enough to give us this new life. Isn't that cool? So we can be bold. We can stand up for Jesus. We could say, hey, yeah, yes, yes, I do go to church. And yes, I do love Jesus. And yes, I do want you to love Jesus. And yes, I will do whatever I can to help you learn to love Jesus because I want you to be in heaven with me. We can be bold. Don't let Satan hold you back. We've already talked about this whole passage, but then look at this. When we believe in Jesus, the veil is taken away. Take just two seconds. Think about your life. When was the veil removed? And you'll notice that I don't ask you what day you were baptized on. I don't ask you what day you prayed for Jesus to come into your life. There's a day even when those things happen. There's a day in your life where you opened your eye. Your eyes were open and the veil was removed and you said, Oh, that's what it is. 
the greatest lesson I ever learned in my life is that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Man, that changed my life. For a long time, I thought I was a churchgoer here to make sure everybody else became a churchgoer. Hmm, a sinner saved by grace. I'm just like every sinner out there. Paul says the new way brings that to us. It's torn away. You get to see Jesus. And then he says this, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Kids, remember I talked about being in the rules? I'm not saying the rules go away. Because if you look in, if you look later in Galatians, you'll see that Paul says in Galatians, don't use your freedom, don't use your liberty to satisfy the old nature. So don't stay, don't stay sinful just because you have freedom. But he says, the spirit of the Lord brings freedom. Why is it freedom? Because I, it's freedom because I no longer have to worry about what law I may or may not be breaking. I'm living under the grace of God. If I would happen to, in the service of the Lord, if I would happen to say something wrong to somebody that I probably shouldn't have said, there's grace for the Lord to protect me from that. There's, there's grace to cover me when I mess up. We don't just automatically get perfect, right? The new way says we're not living under the law anymore. We now get to live under grace. And then we reflect the glory of the Lord. Just like Moses, like Moses went up on the mountain, he comes down his face. Ah, that would have been cool to see, but he, he comes down with this bright face. He's like, oh, cover me, cover this so nobody can see this. We have that now. And Paul says he gives that to us more and more. He makes us more and more like Jesus. The more we live for Jesus, the more we become like Jesus. Now, here's a Sunday school question for you. I know you're all going to raise your hand. How many of you want to look more like Jesus? We all do, right? (laughs) The way to do it is by being in relationship with him. It's the new way. It's not following laws. It's relating and getting to know Jesus. And then there's a coming new. So we talked about the current new. That's our life right now, right? There's a beginning to them. There was a beginning to the Ten Commandments came down. That was when the old way started. Then Jesus died, resurrected. That started the new. Now we live in the spirit. Now, but there's coming a time that's going to be the the coming new. That's going to be even better than what we have right now. Look in Revelation. Revelation chapter 21. We, We read this passage all, you, if you've ever been to a funeral in a church, you've probably heard this passage read. But I was thinking to myself, self, why don't we talk about this when we're not in a funeral and help people understand that this new Jerusalem is ours to be preparing for and enjoying now. Listen to this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Verse 4, listen. He will wipe away every tear. From their eye. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these are gone forever. When you begin your life with Jesus, 
you sign up for the new heaven and the new earth. When you believe in Jesus and you say, I want to live for you because I believe you died and I believe you rose. And I, I'm not exactly sure what that all looks like, but, but, but I want to live for you, Jesus. When you take that step, you sign up for no more tears, for no more pain, for no more crying, for no more weeping, for no more sorrow. All of those things are taken away. When I die, when you die, there's going to be people that are sad because we're not with them in person anymore. But I tell my family all the time, please, please don't spend a long time being sad because I can assure you that I am over the moon with joy where I'm at. And my life is amazing compared to what we had here. You see, that's what God offers us. God says, if you'll take on this new while you're here, then you get that new when you die. If you accept Jesus now and live for him now, when this world ends, you continue into a life that's never going to end. It's never going to end. Once we get to heaven, it never changes. There's no worry about, well, 2023 was good. Maybe 2024 won't be as good. It, you don't have to, that worry goes away because you know that there's no time and nothing bad is ever going to show up. There's never going to be a knock on the door that you're afraid of. There's never going to be a phone call that you didn't want to get. There's never going to be a note that says, I don't like you anymore. There's never going to be anything like that. It's just going to be all good. As we close, I want to go back to Luke chapter 5. Look at this verse in Luke chapter 5. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new. Because the old seems good to them. You know what the sad part about today's truth is, church? The sad part is there are people sitting in this room today that have never believed in Jesus. There are people out there that you work with, that you go to school with, that you see in the grocery store, that you cheer beside at school sporting events. There are people out there that are going to spend their life saying, eh, the old's really okay with me. And if you don't give up the old to take the new, you're stuck with what the old promises. That's not me saying that. That's what Paul says. The new comes when you believe in Jesus. If you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't accept Jesus, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how many rules you follow. 
you're going to be judged under the old. And you miss out on all of this good we just talked about. All those cool things, all the glory of God, all of the life, all of those good things. Right? It's the way we looked at it, there's really no choice. It's really a pretty easy decision which is better, the old or the new. Right? Trying to live under the old way versus trying to live under the new. It's much easier, much better to live under the new. Because the Spirit does that. My prayer is this. My prayer is that everybody that hears this message decides they want the new and decides they're not okay with the old. I want everybody to say, I love Jesus. Because I want everybody to be in heaven with me. Right? I want them to enjoy that. I, I can't wait to get there. If you, if you really love Jesus, you can't wait to get there. How many of you have in the last year or two prayed, even so, Lord Jesus, come? The way we watch our world, the way we think, just get me out of here. Right? I want people to enjoy that, don't you? All they have to do is believe in Jesus. It's so easy. Jesus said, I'll change your life. As the worship team comes forward, I want you to listen. I'm going to go to a hymn, uh, ironically enough. But I want you to listen to the words of this hymn. The, the name of the hymn is, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. But there's a verse in that song that says this. When Christ shall come with trumpet sound, Oh, may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. You see, people, it's not going to be anything that I did. I can preach 500 fantastic sermons. It doesn't mean I get to stand in front of the throne. It's only when I stand dressed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ that I get to enjoy that. It's only when you have Jesus covering your sin that that actually is a hope for you. But once you have that hope, man, it's awesome. Amen? Anybody want to go to heaven with me? I'm glad. Let's pray. We're going to sing. God, you're so great. You're, you, man, as we start 2024, Lord, I pray that I pray that you blow our doors off. I just pray, Lord, that you, you work in ways in our church and in the lives of our people that we, we can't even imagine today. God, I pray that we take on the new and we let the old go and we, we put aside those things so that we can be led by you. I know, Lord, you can do that for us, and I pray that you will. We're so excited to have you in our life. And God, I pray for those that need you in their life that they'll, they'll have the veil removed. They'll be able to see. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.